Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Dave, what are you doing? Dave? I'm, what are you doing, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, nerds? <laughs> Take one to no one. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting here what are you guys doing 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 an ad for an auction oh yeah yeah that's what we do that's what we do and right now for the uh, coalition for the homeless oh nice so yeah yeah it's fun stuff oh well bourbon mixer so we're doing some stuff with them so they can uh raise some funds to end homelessness, especially with all the stuff that's going on now with people being evicted all over the place. We're trying yeah. to do our part to, to, to get back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, David, meet, uh, meet, well, kind of meet Jonathan, uh, my business partner or chief marketing officer and director of accounts. Jonathan, hey, hey. Dave. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. So has everybody had a eventful, like yesterday, all the thunder, did anybody get like the major storms? Uh, yeah. Was it in your all's area yesterday? Yeah, I was on a phone call and couldn't hear anything. It was beating my window. I had to apologize to people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's pretty rough out here. I'm, you know, I'm off Westport Road up for the Ford plant. We barely got anything. It knocked over one of my big tomato plants. I'm kind of sad. They're all right out of the ground. You know, my tomato plants, I've got them in four big uh, pots because yeah. I can't really find a good place in my yard to put them. And they're, the good news is they're doing fantastic, even though I got them in late. But it's like they're growing so fast and so big, it's like they're taking over the area where yeah. I put the, set the, set the pot. Did you ever think that when we grew up and got older, we'd all be sitting here talking about <laughs> gardening problems? <laughs> Our high school selves are very disappointed. Uh, I, I mean, I've told them, I'm, I'm, and my wife has kind of reminded me of this fact, that I'm becoming my father. Oh, we all are. I bought it. Well, I bought it. <laughs> I don't have tomato plants, just so y'all know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, we've we got, got a full raised garden. We, we live the dream over here. <laughs> my, my 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 dad's idea of a good time was is was he doesn't do it as much now but going out to his brother's house out in henry county where he had his huge plot of, of land and basically farming all summer mm. that's my dad's idea of a good time and i'm like well you know more power to you partner i but then here i am it's like you know i think i'll plant some tomatoes that sounds <laughs> it's like pretty a good nice idea let's be real it's there's nothing to be ashamed of having a nice fresh tomato for a BLB. Listen, I'm only wow. three guys, so yeah, I, I get. To I want to. I'm turning into a seven seventy five year old Boston Italian woman. <laughs> All right, yeah. I've got about four sound bites just out of this conversation in the last three minutes that we can use for teasers now. So thank you all for that. That's gonna definitely go out there on the waves. Um. I don't know. All right. <laughs> you don't know how to start from that. 
I don't know how <laughs> to start now after that, but where do you I know, go from here? Yeah, let's just look at it this way. It's Friday, everybody, and to all our listeners, thank you for listening to for the Nerd Brand Podcast. And uh, you know, we're wrapping up our top five most valuable brands for 2020. Uh, as we said before, value and how much money they've made. And it's a lot. So I uh, want to welcome our special guest here, Dave Wilson from Legacy Home and Estates, and uh, giving us a nice soundbite about tomatoes and some other stuff. <laughs> become oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't want me on, you don't want me on the air too long. Don't become a therapy session. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and uh, your business and... You know, the floor is yours. No, oh, sure thing. Yeah, so Dave Wilson. Um, I am a originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, lived, uh, uh, Louisville is now my home. Been here for 20 years now. Um, let's see, a couple years ago, I used to work for uh, an estate sale company that we brought across the United States. And now uh, my business partner, Steve Couch, and I, uh, um, he's, he's our broker. We basically take care of homes. Um, somebody passes away, downsize, death, any of the big D's, life changes. Um, we come in, we sell all, uh, well, actually, we auction all your contents. Then we update your home, and then we sell your home. We do all of it in one full swoop. We're doing five houses currently, so we're pretty much at our threshold of how many houses that we can do at once. So, And then we also do charity auctions, uh, such as like the one I was talking about earlier. We're doing one for... Uh, Wellspring, one for the Coalition for the Homeless, um, and we also have one coming up for the um, Fallen Heroes, which is for uh, police officers who have been killed in the line of duty and helping out with their families. So um, while it's a tough time for police officers right now, and uh, we absolutely believe that Black Lives Matter, we also believe that um, uh, these police officers are there to serve and protect, and most have the best of intentions. So. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> so, 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 so tell us, Dave, Talk. being this being this is the nerd brand po- podcast and mm. each of us kind of have our own nerd thing, if not several. Mm-hmm. What's your nerd thing? Oh, my Lord. Which Where do I start? <laughs> uh, OK, so nerd one, um, my Star Wars collection, born and raised into uh, a Star Wars world. I started off with a flashlight. Uh, with a tube on it that I believe was a lightsaber. Uh, I remember. Oh, those things were the best. Now I have like real ones. Like that was the only wedding gift that I got that was for me. Like one of our people in the wedding bought me a lightsaber. I was like, <laughs> like uh, everything else was plates, dishes, and all that kind of stuff. I knew which item was for me. Um, <laughs> What's more important, lightsaber, yeah. coffee maker, lightsaber, coffee. Yeah. Oh, I go lightsaber. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that one's got <laughs> I, a hell of a lot I, more use. I didn't even get a Batman toaster when I got married. Ooh. <laughs> See, that's solid. That's solid. So I, so Star Wars is my number one geekdom. Uh, probably two is video games. Um, I like to actually tinker. So playing with Raspberry Pis and turning, like I t- recently I've been working on turning my old Game Boy into a retro pie um, Game Boy uh, experience so I can play Nintendo and all that. So I've been tinkering with that. Anything on Pinterest is my geekdom. You know what I mean? It's like if I can turn something into something else, I'm going to get in there and try doing that. So that's my hobby. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a little bit more techie than, than I ever traveled down. I'll be honest with you, but it is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of guy, if I try to take something apart and repurpose it or anything like that, I just want to end up with something that doesn't work and a lot of extra parts. 
<laughs> a lot of extra parts is sometimes nice. <laughs> That's part of IKEA's business model, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. You could uh, you could try taking your printer apart, Mitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, well, I got into three D printing recently. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's cool stuff. I'm been, I see that on Instagram every now and then, and I'm like, I kind of want to buy one just to see what it's like. Oh, they're only a couple hundred bucks now, and literally, like, I needed a like a game. I wanted a PS4 controller holder, so I printed one and just screwed it onto the side of the uh, <laughs> entertainment center. I'm like, yeah, that works. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So you're you're a, you're what they call a maker. I, I try to be. I try to be. There's a lot of fails in this uh, in this process called being a maker. But yes, I do try. I try my best. Well, you know, if you're not if you're not failing, you're not trying. So. Exactly. Yeah, practice <laughs> makes practice, practice makes almost perfect, but never perfect. Yeah. So just and one more question, just because now you can pique my interest. You mentioned your PS4. Are you excited about the PS5? I am. I, I'm going to be curious about the backwards compatibility. So if it's backwards compatible um, with the PS4 games, it will make more sense for me to get this Christmas. And then two, price point. I like the solid state drive. I'm excited about that. I like the look of it. It looks like uh, something out of that Pixar movie, WALL-E. Um, yeah, yeah. And the new controller looks nice. Um, but I'll Don't you think... Yeah, I'll probably be one of the first. I'm, I'm a, I, I, I'm a, one of those first. You're an early adopter. Yeah. Yeah. I, the one thing that I mean, I, I like the looks of the console, but the controller. I've never been a big fan of the uh, Xbox controller. To me, it's always been like, like holding a dinner plate. Oh, the Xbox controller hand. sucks. Uh, Nintendo's always made good ones. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the GameCube. Mitch was being nice. Well, I'm pretty sure that after all these podcasts and all this talk about that, we will never get Microsoft as a sponsor because we have totally over the series just trashed Microsoft. Oh, it's so easy to do. I mean, that honestly, I love Microsoft Word, guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, uh, we love Microsoft Office. I don't even like that. I'm a Mac user. Sorry. Dave isn't with us. You. User experience has never been Microsoft's forte. No, no, they're like close enough. Yeah, <laughs> this this works. They'll buy it. They yeah, what we'll do is we'll make it a white brick and we'll put it in people's hands as a controller. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. But the, the GameCube controller to me was one of the most well-designed controllers that's ever been made. Oh, the WaveGuard really was unbelievable. Oh yeah, I have oh, one of them. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I've got one. I got one. Yeah. I've never, I haven't played on my GameCube in a very, very long time. I've got um, the Zelda, and I've got uh, F Zero, which is like a racing game, which I don't recommend playing if you're, you know, having any issues with that because you will become, you'll, you'll just throw you to a seizure. It's Did just. You guys <laughs> ever play Eternal Darkness on the GameCube? Mm -mm. Oh, Eternal Darkness is still one of the most underrated games. That was so much fun. Oh, the, the review, I remember the reviews for that in the, in the magazines were just, I mean, they were over the top. It was, it's still, I think, considered probably one of the top games that ever came out for the GameCube. So I modded my P, my iPhone. I, I jailbroke an iPhone X and have turned that into a GameCube and uh, Wii emulator. So <laughs> I'll be darned. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> and I put a little controller on the side of it. So I can play Punch Out. I can play Turtle Darkness, I, uh, Zelda. I got all those games. It's fantastic.
I mean, I, on the GameCube, I, the, my favorite games of the GameCube were uh, Resident Evil 4. Oh, that was great. Because because I I'm generally not a huge Resident Evil guy because I don't like being scared. <laughs> don't. <laughs> and those games will scare the crap out of you. But but it, it it was just such a nicely put together game. The controls and the action and the and the and you know the puzzles and the conflicts were all it was just so well done. It 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 just works so well on on the on the cube. And of course the Metroid games. Oh, Metroid was I, a lot of fun. I love Metroid. Yeah. Um, I, now I never, I never played like N sixty four or the previous Nintendo models. I didn't. I was a late, kind of a late adopter when it comes to video games. But um, it just the Metroid was just such a, it's such a nice, nicely crafted story and and property. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, your parents didn't love you growing up. Um, well, I didn't. <laughs> <I, I, I, laughs> Well, I can. I well had, played. I, I, had two, I had two other. I had two other two other brothers and a little sister. So, I I was like ten years older than the next oldest. So, they got all the cool toys. They got the transformers and stuff. By that time, I had kind of grown out of it, and my interests were in, well, let's just say other things. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I I guess it just it. My first encounter with a real encounter was when my daughters were young, and I bought a GameCube, and I thought. Well, actually, before that, my wife bought me a Sega because my friend had a Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. Some friends of ours. That's pretty cool. So when the Sega Saturn came out, it just seemed like a natural, you know, why get the Genesis when they got this new thing? Right. Well, we all know how far the Saturn went, but that was the first console I ever owned was a Sega Saturn. I got gotcha. you. Then, then we got the GameCube when my girls came along and and then I just got eaten up. <laughs> well, the, three, the 3DS Metroid is actually pretty good, too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I like that one, um, but that's more in the style of the original NES um, versions. And then I like um, uh, the Luigi Mansion games um, for that system as well. And also the the co op version that they just came out with for the Switch was fantastic as well for Luigi. Um, one more quick question, so we can get away from games. I know the other two guys are probably asleep. Right yeah, now. that's fine. Um, <laughs> let them sleep. We talk all day. Let's do this. My my, my my favorite actually there's two. My favorite my favorite game for the PlayStation platform, starting with the three, mm -hmm. was the Uncharted series. Oh, that's the best. It's Indiana Jones. And yeah, a video but game. It's, well and the characters are just so it's it's the most cinematic game I've ever played. It just it's all all the all the enjoyment of watching a really well crafted adventure movie. Right. But being able to participate in it. Uh, and then there was one the first game I ever played on PS3 was one that somebody let me borrow. It's called L.A. Noir. Oh, I always wanted to play that. Was that good? Yeah. It again, it's that whole cinematic kind of experience. It takes. It's like a film noir set in L.A. in the '40s, and you start as a as a rookie cop, mm -hmm. and the story just sorts of expands. And as the story expands, you know, you become go from being a rookie cop to a beat cop to a fledgling detective to a seasoned detective and the story just kind of branches out as you go. And then you, it, it, how this, where the story goes depends on the choices you make. So it's, it's, I'm thinking about, there's a version for the PS4 that I'm thinking about getting just cause I want to, I want to play that game again. Ah, that's awesome. All right. What, I highly, what, I, highly we... I highly recommend, I highly recommend All right. Let's wake the other two back up. <laughs> okay. No you can, what Jason and Jonathan, y'all can play now. What? I like, I like video games too, but what? I, I just play call of duty. So. Dad, oh, what? I love Call of Duty. 
Welcome back, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, my Jonathan, do you, Jonathan, do you play online or do you just play the 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 uh, the story? Oh, I just play online. I've never been a story guy. <laughs> see, I I I don't like being. I I can't take being beaten by twelve year olds in their parents' basement. I, well, see, I don't lose. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I know Is that who the first not, smack we've had on this show. <laughs> I know who not to play against if I ever decide to go online. We can play together. You'll then lose. You, no, then you'll. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm bringing the team Did, down, Mitch. Did you, did, did, you guys ever, did you guys ever see the episode of The Office where Jim's playing that game at at the at the new branch that he's working at? And he, he's like he's walking into walls. He's he's blowing himself up with his own hand grenades. That's me. <laughs> if I if I'm playing online, that's me. I'm Jim. So there you go. All right. Well, we so all, about Amazon. Yeah. So we've all learned something today. Um, mm-hmm. So, but no, other things like my background has been in DC Comics. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of bring up on the show was like the fact that one third of that company was laid off Monday, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, DC Comics, DC Collectibles, I think it's also sometimes known as DC Direct. They handle the action figures. And DC Universe, which is the streaming service, which a lot of us think and believe this was going to happen and was in the works. The pandemic just kind of accelerated it because in DC, we all know the news about Zack Snyder's. Um, Justice League cut moving to HBO Max and getting that. Now we're seeing other shows being moved over to that platform as well. Um, so, but the DC Direct, the company's in-house merchandise collectible manufacturer, it's been shuttered after 22 years of business. So that wow. that came out on the Hollywood Reporter. Um, major editors were laid off. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things. The uh, uh, Andy, I cannot say his last name, and I'm not going to try because I'm going to butcher it, but Andy is his name. He was an editor. Uh, he formed this Black Line label a few years ago for DC, mm-hmm. which kind of got in trouble because it was supposed to be a more adult line for the comics. I want to, I want to, I don't know if it's related to, Vertic- to the Vertigo or not, but. Was it, was it DC Black or something? Yes. Like that? Yeah, DC Black. Um, that's the one where uh, they released an issue where you saw uh, Batman's Willie and nobody liked that, so they re-released it with an edited version with it out. That actually happened, which was funny to me. I like just like C-3PO in the yeah. uh, 1977 card, the Golden Rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look it up. Yeah, everybody that's listening can go I Google, am right Google that. <laughs> yeah, Google C-3PO Golden Rod. Yeah. That's a thing. So can I get my take on why DC went under? I'm going to get my Please do. Yeah. So I love Marvel. And I growing up, I like DC because DC had Superman, had all these fun things. And the old Christopher Reed movies and all that, they all had fun. Because it really, it's a a grown-ass man in a a suit. Um, And then, yeah. And now all of a sudden, here we are. And you see Marvel's got a sense of humor. You know what I mean? They're having a good time. And you turn around and you look at um, DC now and you got Affleck and they're just so damn serious. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of comic book heroes. I mean, you got Kevin Costner and Ben Affleck. How, you know, how do you bleed? Stop. Stop. (laughs) It's just, it is ridiculous. And everybody there that was part of this, let's be a serious thing, like we're Christopher Nolan um, and we're just going to fall. 
Christopher no Batman is dark. Superman, not. Not, no. He's fun. And you know what I mean? Why you're making Superman a guy that can fly and has x-ray vision? But, you know, Shazam was the one piece that they they kind of made to have fun. They all should have been like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what, what's funny to me is, I mean, if I, I mean, I'm a comic book nerd, and I really loved the late 80s version of Justice League International, Justice League Unlimited, because it had, it was if you, <laughs> basically, if you took Marvel writers and let them write the Justice League, this is what you would get. And it was wonderful. And it would work so well cinematically. But I guarantee you, there's no way Warner Brothers is going to touch that. Because right. it's like you said, it's brooding. It's dark. It's ultra serious. It's like the fate of the world is is hanging in the balance, which Marvel handles that. Only they went one step further and said the fate of the universe hangs in the balance. But you cared mm -hmm. almost more about what was happening individually with those characters and their personalities and their conflicts. That the larger conflict just kind of set played it served as the as the playing board that all the other pieces existed on. Um, you care you care the, the secret, Dave. I think is with the Marvel films, you care about the characters and the people first. And that gives you a reason to care even more about the larger conflict. Yeah, look, at, look at how they develop the stories, though. If you look at Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. really set the tone. Yeah, you know he did. I mean? Yeah, he did. Those earlier ones, because if, if you remember, there was a different Hulk. There was a different um, – oh, there was somebody else who played a different role. But all those early Marvel movies weren't fun. And Well, look at what they Robert did with Jr. Thor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Thor was supposed to be a trilogy, and now we're getting Love and Thunder, and you know that's, I think, kind of mimic that off the comic book. I think it's going to be a little bit sadder than people expect, but it's, yep, they yeah, still know that storyline. Yeah, but they still gave that character new life into becoming something else that people want to see now. I mean, Thor was. I, I, I do y'all remember in the Avengers movie? It was the first Avengers movie when they got together. Iron Man meets Thor, and Iron Man makes a crack at Thor. Doth mother know you're wearing the drapes? You know? <laughs> and that was like Thor 1 and 2 right there. That movie, that tone was like, you know, and Iron Man just kind of smacked it right there, but they still didn't fix it by the second Thor movie. But when that, you know, when Ragnarok came out, it was like, oh, wow. And when it started, I mean, I remember being in the theater, and they had the immigrant song playing at the beginning. Everybody thought that was just a trailer thing, but that was in the movie. Right. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the theater went nuts. I loved it too. I mean, it, it set your pulse on a thousand. Yeah. When that happened. Yeah. So I Marvel has had the way and had the vision to take their branding and their their different brands of their characters and not necessarily like do the the cheesy push the envelope, but they actually, like you said, they had fun with it. They realized that look, if this doesn't work, what well, we got to lose, and that's kind of the way they've been. And I'm kind of glad Disney for a long time let them be that way. But to kind of to your point, Dave, with DC, DC was like, well, we got to do everything like Batman and the, and, and the Dark Knight. And it's like Christopher Nolan probably really wrecked DC, to be honest, Uninten yeah. unintentionally. Oh, and they were great movies. But yeah. again, well, yeah, that's, that's what they the were trying to do. Yeah, that's the ironic thing about it is that Nolan did such a good job of Batman. Warner Brothers basically said, OK, well, let's just we're going to go that direction with all of our properties because it worked. Well, there's a reason it worked for Batman that it's not going to work for Superman. It's not going to work for Wonder Woman's kind of a, in my in my mind, was kind of a, a mutant uh, as far as a film is concerned. Because if you follow it, it reminds me a lot 
of the direction they took with Captain America, the first Avenger. It's a period piece. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which was smart. I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with it, but you can almost watch it beat for beat, follow that same, almost the same path that, that, that they took with the first Avenger. What's but they the with 84? That. What's going on with 1984? Does anybody know? Uh, well, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like everything else. They've, it just kept getting pushed back because of COVID and, and, and everything else. Are we going to have a dollars version pretty soon on Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. I, I can tell on you HBO that Max. I'm not really thrilled. I, I, I like Wonder Woman. I like the first movie. And I started seeing some of the costumes and stuff for the second one. I thought for a second I saw Hawkgirl, but then I realized it was Wonder Woman wearing this gold outfit that looked a lot like that with wings or something. I don't know what I was looking at. So I don't understand the change up in the... I mean, he, it, Wonder Woman's not like Iron Man in his armor. Right, right. Um, I'm kind of interested in the, the logic behind the change up. I'm sure the story will, yeah. will unfold. But. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of like what happened with X-Men with, you know, there was a lot when X-Men, under the when Fox had them, a lot of this like continuity problems. And yes, I said that word. Some people hate the word continuity, but I'm actually a fan of it. So, you know, get over it. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's going to completely wreck it, you know. I mean, by the time you, when you, if you, if you actually wasted the two and a half hours of your life to watch Justice League, like I did, and I'll admit it, I did it more than once. Um, but it's like there's there's the line in there where he tells her like you disappeared for like a century, so don't tell me about how to do blah blah blah. blah. And that's a line that came out of Batman toward her in the cave. And I was like, now you've got 1984. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're just joking. I mean, she didn't take, yeah. she didn't take a break after World War II, uh, one, whatever. And she kind of kept going, you know. How do you retcon that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's but I, I think, I mean, if I can opine again, I, I think probably the, the biggest problem DC has is that there's, there's an extra layer of management between their properties and the movie screen. In a way that Marvel Marvel has incorporated, I mean, they have their own studio. With with DC, you've got them having to go through another studio to get their things done. So there's an extra layer of decision making, right? That I think is is screwing things up in a way that makes it difficult. What I think what compounds it is Marvel beat them to the jump on figuring out a formula to make it successful, and DC's kind of left with. Well, what do we do? Well, think about it like this. You've got each of these are brands, you know, and kind of ties into the podcast a bit here. But um, Superman is hope. Batman is justice. Wonder Woman is truth. And they're templates. Right. And when you have a brand and you have a template for that and you deviate from that, isn't it kind of a given that that is going to lead to some sort of failure in the messaging and what you're trying to accomplish? Because well, because they took the Batman brand template of justice with his mentality of brooding and his dark history and all that, and they try to like slap that across the rest of them, and it just doesn't fit. Right. Well, again, it goes back to that. Basically, you had your studio suits, your decision makers in the studio at Warner Brothers, and said, "Well, that worked for Batman, so we're just going to, you know, it's a cookie cutter." They they have a mentality that if you use that same formula with any property, with any character, it's going to work. Well, you know. You know, a, a business school freshman knows that's not true. Any anybody that knows the basics about good storytelling knows that's not true. You you have to stick with what makes that character work, right? In, but the, in, in its original state, and just simply translate that into a new medium. Right, but I can see like how it happened. I mean, uh, and you know, 
marketing is, I think one of the rules of marketing, Jonathan, is not if you find something that works, you want to try to do it again and repeat that. Mm-hmm. And, and so they kind of, I think, went too heavy on that side and not on the brand side, realizing that the character and how what they represent and how it's set up is not that. So they went with the marketing route of let's make the dollar, let's repeat that, not stay on brand and figure out a way to make it work. Is that which tells us which which tells us what good marketing starts first with solid branding. Yeah. See how we like dovetailed that, Dave? Are you proud of us? I'm very proud. <laughs> very I think proud. It, I mean it, it ties in perfectly with principles because I mean a big component of brand principles is defining it's putting boundaries around what you're going to do. I mean, we, because we value this, we refuse to do this or that, or because we value this where we will always do X, Y, Z. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the films and all in the characters as you guys are, but it sounds like they didn't either didn't have principles established in that capacity or just kind of threw them out the window. It also sounds like you need to watch those movies. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, these are COVID times. You should be staying home, catching up, and doing your homework. <laughs> Ill prepared for this conversation. I need Ill Jason, prepared. Jason, put it in. Uh, put it in ClickUp. It's on the desk. I'll watch it. There we go. That's the only way anything gets done in my life. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. You have to assign a job. What you do? How many kids you got? Uh, one and another on the way. Oh, come on. Congratulations. Um, you're about to have a horrible year. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first year sucks. We all certainly know. during a pandemic. It's not, oh, not easy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I do is that, you know, all the stuff that I liked as a kid. Now I'm just getting to rewatch them again with my kids. Right. So that's that's how you'll do your homework. Mm-hmm. He's getting old enough. He's he's almost two. So, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll be digging in here soon. He's about ready. Yeah. I, I, I just as an aside, I'm making a mental note. I've got to introduce your son to Ultraman. <laughs> all right and then there's the one from the far left there ultraman most people today are like who what uh, we'll have to do a whole show on that yeah i mean well i can That's tell you who's- because because marvel is coming out with an ultraman comic in september yeah they, they they haven't bought the property from the japanese studio it's a they're doing it together so this is going to be interesting yeah well, I mean, since we brought up brand principles, uh, the last few episodes of the podcast, what we did, we started with number five and we're working our way down to one. So number five was Samsung. And with them, we talked about brand awareness. Uh, with Microsoft, we basically called them the IT department of the world and nobody wants to get to know. And we covered brand attributes. Uh, with Apple, we had a lot to say about Apple because I think most of us are Apple fans. And we talked about brand values. And then with Google, we, at extent, since pretty much all, all of us have interacted with Google in some way, we talked about Google and their brand philosophy. So in doing research for Amazon, they wrap it all up into brand principles. It's like it's interesting how all these companies have, you know, they're the top five most valuable brands in the world for a reason because they focused on that. And these are the different parts of branding that they decided to latch onto to help them. And I always found that, you know, out of all the top five, this this one today, Amazon, is number one and is the only one that's in a retail sector. All the others are in tech. And it's not like the first time this has happened. This has happened in 2010. You know, in 2010, Walmart actually occupied the number one spot. Um, but so... What are brand principles? Um, I looked up the definition on this because I wanted to be 
correct. And I didn't want Mitch to yell at me and say, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but Brand, yeah, but no, he doesn't. He's very nice. Brand principles are subjective. They are the brand management or brand strategy of your brand. Brand principles are what are self-evident about the brand. In contrast, are brand values. These are objective. They're your beliefs and your opinion of the brand. And for that, you can actually actually go back and listen to our previous episode on Apple and to kind of get a, an idea of what um, brand values are. Guided by four principles. You guys tell me if you think these are principles or not, because they don't really sound like principles to me, but I literally pulled them off the site in their list, and this is what they had. Number one is customer obsession rather than competitor focus. Uh, number two is passion for invention. Number three is commitment to operational excellence. And number four is long-term thinking. To me, those are like, to me, those are more values because a principle is like a, it's an operational thing. And I guess some of these kind of bleed over into that, but I don't know. They, they feel more vague and, and broad than something that, you know, an employee can come to work and, and stick to, uh, that's just my that's my take on it i don't know amazon's the amazon among the group is the weirdest one to me because i don't really i don't really know what their brand is well yeah because <laughs> they started off as a bookstore you know what i mean it's that's weird. what a lot of people forget is that they were an online bookstore mm -hmm. and then just grew to what it is now where it's like okay you know they changed the way uh delivery's done you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Especially during times like this, they were the only ones that had certain things in stock. They got the USPS to run on Sundays. I mean, mm -hmm. they, but from a brand perspective, um, I mean, when I look at their branding, it's on every box. It's on, it's keeping it simple. It's a simple, look, it looks like a penis, but it's simple. <laughs> oh, there goes our ass. Yeah, it was a good run, guys. Um, that's what it does. It looks like a curved penis. But if you're looking at it, um, I know it's supposed to be a smile. But that's all I can think of again. Um, but when I look at their their branding, that's that's what you see. You know, that's like Apple. You know, that's Apple. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is that they have a simple design, a simple logo, a clean website and an easy search engine. I mean, it's just simplicity should be their marketing that's, principle. Yeah. That, that, to me, that's where they, that when I got to thinking, like, what does Amazon stand for? You know, when you think of Apple, you think of just phenomenal products. They they make great products that work, and they've hung their hat on that for, for decades. Mm -hmm. um, Amazon, when I think of that, I mean, and just thinking of the people who use Amazon in my life, it's almost entirely convenience. It's like, you know, Amazon Prime is was revolutionary in the way of, of e-commerce and uh, user experience and, and customer experience to get something mm -hmm. in two days or now it's down to like a day. <laughs> you can order something at noon one day and get it by noon the next day. Uh, to me, that's just convenience. And, and like I said, to me, they're, they're, they're a weird brand and it's amazing that they're number one in some sense, because I don't, I don't know what they really stand for as a, at the core of their brand. Well, and the yeah, other thing I, is, I'm not sure that they... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the other things I noticed is that when I watch... Like, if you think about it, Apple made a, a far superior um, uh, in-home device for their for the sound. I don't want to say the, 
um, the, the Siri, whatever that, the, the HomePod. That's a far superior to Amazon Alexa, right? Don't listen to me, Alexa. Um, <laughs> and then she's I always know I'm talking about you. I know you light up every time I say your name. Uh, <laughs> but when I look at the the simplicity, now that's the, hilarious. If we could hear that, oh, what do you mean, Dave? Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Alexa. So um, when I go through and I look at that, the reason that that product did much better than the HomePod, which is far superior, price point, simplicity. You know what I mean? Amazon uh -huh. Basics, they use the word basic in the term. Mm. They're keeping it basic. You know what I mean? It's just like I have my light box for shooting pictures in the home. Amazon Basics. My batteries, Amazon Basics. My rechargeable battery, Amazon Basics. Simple, simple, simple. And that's ultimately what Apple was doing when Steve Jobs was still alive was he was keeping – they had tons of computers. But then they finally simplified it down to two or three core products and didn't bastardize their entire line by having 5 million options and letting everybody else in the world develop like Microsoft did. So when I look at Amazon, I think they have a, 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 a they casted a much wider net and also, um, you know, adding, you know, home sellers kind of like eBay, their, their marketing message and their way of, of running their operation was again, simplicity and ease of use. And that's what people, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, can a 65-year-old use it and can a 15-year-old use it? And the answer to right. those is yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you talked about like Amazon's logo earlier. Not that I want to revisit what, Dave, you think it looks like, but oh, um, it's actually not a smile. It's supposed to be an arrow because they ship everything from A to Z. That was their intention of that. Well, that's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> That was <laughs> they, they failed in that because it looks like a smile or a penis. So either one of those, they failed. That's a two hundred twenty billion dollar dumb thing, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody got paid to make that design. They're like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do an arrow that's curved. It's gonna kind of look like a penis, but then we'll just let it go. It's kind of foul like that. Well, I mean, I mean, their their logo has that meaning. Google's logo, actually, you could use it to color correct. I've heard a printer uh, because of the colors they have with it. Hmm. Apple's the meaning behind Apple's logo is that it's uh, something that you want, and of course, the forbidden fruit. The typical thing was an apple's what Eve ate, so it's got a bite out of it. So it's a piece of the forbidden fruit, huh. and so there's there's backgrounds to to those but uh you know let it be known that on the darn brand podcast we've uh called apple's logo uh, amazon's logo a penis so yeah. yeah well let's watch how we're throwing the word we around here no no that's straight <laughs> up me i'll take full ownership of that me and everyone else probably that i'm just saying it's just so apple i did not say anything of you about you other than your home pod was too expensive we'll just <laughs> If you want me to test drive one, though, I'll definitely do that for you. Yeah, I've never used Amazon products I've ever used. Uh, I've got Amazon Prime Video. I've mm -hmm. obviously used it for the shipping. Um, mm -hmm. I've used Amazon Web Services before uh, to offload media files from websites because your server is not Dropbox. You don't want to store files on it. Uh, so offloading that to AWS has been it's, – it's great. It's a great way to kind of like speed up your site and kind of make that work. Um, Amazon Music, I didn't get into Fire Tablet. Somebody gave me a Fire Tablet once, mm -hmm. and I think I lost the charger to it, so now it just kind of sits in the bottom of a box somewhere. <laughs> um, and I didn't really get into Kindle 
any other e-readers. Uh, but I do remember when you said like they used to do basically to be an online bookstore, you know, yeah. and go, well, going to school. I mean, that's what I remember them doing. I would go there to save money on, you know, books that I couldn't afford someplace else. Right. Oh, yeah. So, well, nerds, keep me honest. Is I think eBay started with Pez dispensers. Huh. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to get Pez dispensers for the guy's wife was he was trying to get people to sell Pez. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird market start. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 As we covered, uh, brands have a lot of interesting starts. What was Samsung? They were a, a grocery store uh, originally. Oh, really? A, a Korean grocery store selling, you know, like a trading company way back in the day. Now they make terrible refrigerators. Those <laughs> <laughs> ice machines don't work. Well, I'll stand by that one too. Speaking of another brand we've trashed on this podcast, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, Why, uh, dishwasher or uh, what was it? Yeah. Washer lids. Oh, oh yeah. Well, the, the, when we went to buy a washing machine, we were looking at. I was looking at Samsung and LG, mm-hmm. and I happened to the, the the salesperson actually turned out to be a, an old acquaintance of mine. So he was very honest with me. He goes, he goes, Samsung. He goes, there's a lawsuit. It's currently going through the courts. Uh, people are suing them because the lids were flying off of the washing machines because the drum was spinning so fast it created it, it, it created you know, some kind of vacuum or something that caused the lid of the washing machines to go flying off. So we went with the LG. Hmm. That's yeah, a solid move. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's probably not worth the risk. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know. Are they owned by the same anyway. co- Who owns Sam- Does Samsung own LG now? I didn't think so. Uh, they are. Well, they are a conglomerate. And so I don't know. Um, let me see. Are you guys Android people or are you guys uh, uh, iPhone people? I'm iOS. I'm yeah, iOS. We're all iPhone. Yeah, we're all iOS. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost crossed the the bridge on that and went to um, Android just because, and I was going to look at a galaxy um, because I, you know, the iPhone X, I know it's probably the 10. I don't really care. It's really not 10. If you actually count how many iPhones there have been over the years, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not the 10th. It's 20. Yeah. So, you know, I looked <laughs> at it and I was like, wait, this thing's like $1,200. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've still have got, I've, I'm, I've got a, what, what device do you have, Dave? I've got an iPhone 6, not a 6S, just a 6. You're still using a 6? Yeah. Oh, wow. So am I. Oh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> uh, they have an SE now, guys. That you guys can, that, They got the uh, SE ones that are pretty nice. That's basically an 8 plus. Um, but I have an X. I've Because I, basically they last six years now. Um, before it was a replacement every two years. But the X, the, I mean, pretty much the 11 in the 11 Pro They've just updated the processor and the cameras. So for me, the camera is still outstanding on the X. Um, so that's the one I use. So pretty happy with it. And you get the wireless charging, which I kind of like too. Yeah. Is it- yeah that, that's probably that's probably the only thing that I'm I kind of wish I had with my with my iPhone is that I, I can't charge it wirelessly, but you know, it's kind of a minor inconvenience in my book. Yeah, and I test with the Android phones because um, if we're doing – so we work on trying to – we had an app for our company at the beginning, and now that we changed platforms, we don't have one. Um, but we're I, – I test for both Apple and, uh, you know, the App Store and for the uh, Android. So it's good to have an Android phone backup. Uh, and, they're, and, again, they, they come out with the stuff long before Apple. 
uh, on a lot of you know in a lot of areas. I mean that that new one that they're working on, that curved glass technology. If they can get that down where it folds and opens up, that's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about that too on the on the show for Samsung about how they. They basically were like, uh, what did I say? Uh, if you were to kind of view Samsung in a way of when it comes to testing your product and putting it out in the market, it's like everybody would be like, oh, you can't do that yet. You don't know if it works. And then Samsung's attitude is like, you know, hold my beer. And then they go and they do it. Right. And, yeah, uh, the yeah. Kool-Aid man of technology. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, when we were talking about, I mean, the one thing we were talking about before when we were discussing like the difference between, you know, Apple and Android I think part of what Apple does is they let comp- they let the other companies kind of <clears throat> try things and let them that kind of serves as their you know kind of their shakedown cruise. Okay, let's see what they're doing. Let's watch what they're doing, and then let's take once they've done it and discovered all the bugs and everything. We'll take the same principle and we'll perfect it. Well, yeah. If you think so if you think about it, like it's almost like everybody else is their R and D department, right? Well, and that's the thing is if you look at Apple, like they'll make these big announcements, like oh, we have you know Face ID now, and they're like, oh my God, why hasn't anybody ever thought of this before? And then like Samsung's going to be sitting there going, we did, yeah, you had it for five years. <laughs> How stupid are you people? This has been available for a long time. That's what we talked about last time. Is that like you know Samsung and, and some of these other companies on an objective level have made better products for, for years. And then right. Apple, Apple comes along and, you know, does their marketing and uh, people just latch onto it. It's like, you know, it's, we touched on the fact that it's the experience. It's, it's what, you know, that's what draws people in and it's the perceived value, you know, but on an objective level, you know, the cameras have been better on Samsung, the whatever if you want to get into the, the screens and what the the glass is made out of and the, the stupid, you know, the structural stability of the phone. I think Samsung has always been, you know, a little bit of a step ahead of Apple, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found it interesting that Amazon, you know, when I'm looking at their products, I mean, the first thing I think everybody thinks of is the store going to it and buying it. You can actually buy Samsung phones and refrigerators. You can get an iPhone. I was just looking at the iPhone you mentioned. I think it's like 400 bucks for one. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit more what I remember paying. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, so all these products are actually on Amazon. So it's kind of funny, like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got these things, these other companies out here that are the top five most valuable brands, but yet all of them in some way have a product you can buy from from the Amazon store. <laughs> right. Has anyone ever had a, a bad experience with Amazon? That you with Amazon? Of? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple of bad experiences with Amazon. Was it with Amazon or was it with a for an, or was it with an Amazon seller? Oh no, I've had a problem with um <laughs> It's funny cuz they actually it's it's usually a seller. So I I'll be honest with you. <coughs> yeah, cuz the seller part I had a person that, you know, sent me something. It wasn't even close to what I was supposed to get. Um, I mean, it's not magic beans, but um, I ended up with something <laughs> that was just, I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And then it took me probably three months um, to get the the refund. So that's the only mm-hmm. time. And, it, and Amazon jumped in. Their customer service is great. So, yeah, no, I, I haven't just, really had much problem. I was just testing number one, the customer obsession. Because I can't think of, I mean, I've had mistakes by all means. But not many over the years, maybe two times. And I, you know, I just reach out to their customer support and they, you know, they quickly jump to fix it. So I'm just curious if 
because I think most other companies, even if you're a fan of them, I think most people have had maybe a negative experience with something they've used. But uh, I can't think of anything. I've had I've had issues with you know being a developer using AWS. Um, a lot, you know, it is the most confusing thing to go to to try to figure out what you need. And all it is is it's the AWS part that I would use is the S3 storage. That was it. You know, so you would think you could find that easily, log in and, and get it all set up and everything. Once you bookmark it, sure. But if you come into the site, you've got literally a billion like links to click, places to go that you could travel off into. So from a user interface experience with their website and their products online, um, you know, they should probably work on simplifying that a little bit more. Um, it's just so chaotic and so much stuff, you know, it's just like over, it's overwhelming. Um, unlike, well, hmm? like when you go to look at anything for your account on Amazon, you get this list of a billion different places you can go. That is the, the minutia that involve navigating your account. That That's a little daunting sometimes. Yeah. But, well, I can even say like, even as there's their seller store, so their back end sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, don't listen to Alexa. Um, <laughs> but their back end is tough. I mean, so that's that's the thing. I still love you, but it, the back end is is still the is the trouble because like we uh, Steve and I were trying to sell books on the site, and because again you could you know we go through an estate. You come through books in every house, and you get maybe a buck a piece or ten bucks for a collection. If you sell them on Amazon, there are some that, you know, I have sold for 75 to 100 bucks right. and their <clears throat> scanner is unbelievable. But the back end of listing is awful <laughs> and it's hard to figure out. It's hard to figure out when you get money or what's worth what. So and I haven't we've been talking about switching to AWS and uh, I'll have to talk to you guys more about that because we're about to move off our uh, C panel as uh, Jason, you know, is is a little bit cumbersome. Yeah. So we're looking. We're, let's we're let's between, trash another product online. <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's just get them all out. Everyone, all these statements today were not done by the nerd brand agency. They were done by Dave Wilson of Legacy. On today's show, we vent our spleen. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the one that's, yeah, I'm the one trashing all these people. But uh, I would say right now, I do need a new host. And uh, yeah, if you guys have suggestions, I'm going to be excited about finding a new one. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do exist. Um, you know, here's, here's the thing though. I mean, Amazon and their data centers are on par with Google as far Mm -hmm. as probably quality anyways. I mean, I, somebody told me a while back that Pentagon uses, um, Amazon data centers. So I don't know how much you could get with that. It's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't like this back end and it sucks, but then it's like, well, where else am I going to go? You know, you're kind of like chained because you're like, oh, can somebody else come up with something better? Well, yeah, you would hope, uh, which is kind of like when I look at the brand principles of Amazon, I'm like dumbfounded because they're like passion for invention is the second one. That's what I latched on to right. because I was like, well, what have you really made, you know, other than yeah, I was about to ask, like, I mean, they, they modernized the entire e-commerce experience, which changed the world. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that to their credit in that category, but, you know, when you look at the. And I guess the Kindle was probably a, you know, an innovative and you know invention at the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Fire Stick is you know same as Chromecast, same as in Roku. You know, probably inferior to Roku, in my opinion. And uh, yep. 
Oh, the Apple the Apple TV is pretty good, except for the junk remote. The remote, <laughs> and you just lose those in like five seconds. The TV, the layout's great. The App Store is great, um, but the rest of it is yeah. That's that remote is just like. And why it doesn't light up is beyond me. I mean, just you know, I wish it would light up. Well, I mean, I, I, I've got a we've we've got a couple of Roku's, and its remote is pretty tiny. It gets lost in the couch cushion. Yeah, I use my phone too. way more than I than I can ever find the remote, especially with a baby around. That's like his favorite thing to hide. <laughs> I, I couldn't begin. It might not even be in the house anymore. <laughs> you guys brought up customer service. Who do you guys have is listed as in previous talks as the best customer service for these tech companies? Hmm. <sighs> Out of the five, well. I mean, I haven't I have, dealt with some of them, but I'd say Amazon. Yeah, I have to agree with you, David. It's Amazon. Uh, you know, uh, I, Google's kind of they're hit and miss. They're good when you can when you can get to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, well, the, the one thing I've always heard it said is it's with Google. It's it you know, it's like you know, you'll get one answer from one person on one day, then you get another answer, a completely yeah. different answer from somebody on the next day. Right. Yeah, Google. Like I, with the I still IRS. have not gotten an answer from them because we end up with a lot of. Um, tech pieces, and so you need to send off um, like uh, death certificates. You send them off to the abyss when it's Google because you never get a response. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's always been a problem. I, you know who's surprisingly good, and I don't know if you guys have Sirius XM, but I'd have to say that Sirius XM is probably. I know that's not in the five, but their model of. I mean, honest to God, if you said, hey. Just send me a kid or send me $5,000. You know what? I love my child, but you asked for it. Here you go. They honestly will take care of anybody. Um, I've never heard that. Well, it, 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 might be, it might be the whole Hertz mentality from you know way back. We try, No, Avis. I'm sorry, it was Avis. Mm-hmm. Their Avis car rental was, we try harder. Why did I say that? Because they weren't number one, um, you know, at the time, I, I think Hertz was the number one rental car company in, with OJ in the world. But right, so it's like we try harder. It's like, yeah, they may be number one, but we try harder. Well, SiriusXM is out there fighting and scrapping to get subscribers, so maybe they just try. They feel like they have to try harder to make people happy. Oh, they're fantastic. They're like the Chick Fil A of online uh, or, uh, phone support. Uh, they're I think, just unbelievable. I think Apple does a good job. I mean. I haven't used the, you know, to go into the store and, and get service, you know. I feel like most people appreciate the ability to go into a store and get service anytime they need it. I don't, I don't yeah, have a store never dropped- gone now, or are they just temporarily closed? Temporary. No, they're just temporarily yeah. closed. Yeah. Yeah. The one, that's the one thing. I've never had an unpleasant interaction with an Apple customer service person. I mean, it's always even if they don't come up with the answer that you necessarily want to hear, you feel like they tried, they did their best, and they they tried to be as they tried to be accommodating. See, I have um, had a bad experience at the store. So I had a rep who was an identical twin, and they didn't tell me he was an identical twin. Oh gosh! <laughs> so I come into the store and I'm like, hey, you know, yo yo, whatever your name is, and I'm like. Here is here's the computers you told me to bring back. He doesn't bring up the fact that he's not his twin. And so he's looking at me like I got five heads. I'm like, are you going to help me or no? He's like, hold on a sec. And then he brings out another guy. And I'm like, oh, you might want to tell people that you're an identical twin so I don't look like a fool. 
uh, and they both work on the same floor. I'm like, you can't do that, Apple. You know, we know you're cloning people, but don't do it in the stores. <laughs> Move them to different stores. So that's the only bad experience I've had is with identical twins. Dave, do you find your... That's certainly a unique customer service experience story. I've never heard yeah, of Yeah, Dave, do you find yourself a magnet for just weird things? You just got to pay attention. <laughs> it's all out there. It's just paying attention. <laughs> I sit there and watch and just go, huh, that's odd. Next time I walk in someplace and I need customer service and say, before we get started, you don't have a twin that works here, right? I think that's a valid question to start asking. I, I think I'm going to start asking everywhere. Because that, your twin is a jerk. Because <laughs> I don't want to have to tell this story twice, right. okay? Right. I want to get this over with once. Oh, no, no, no. Right. You were talking to my brother. Ah, come on, twin. What do you guys make of the, uh, the, the Walmart-Amazon battle that's happening? I, know I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew it's it. A, I was waiting. <laughs> I mean, it, it, is, it a, is it really a battle? Yeah, it's like the I mean, hammer and the nail. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, Walmart just uh, entered a, a big partnership with Instacart for home delivery and things like that. And uh, it seems like that triggered Amazon to start looking into their their planning to convert mall spaces that were occupied by like Sears and JCPenney into local fulfillment centers. There's, there's a it's battle brilliant. going on. That's brilliant. But see, that's brilliant. I mean, the, even if somebody else trying to – the thing about Amazon is they're so far ahead of the jump to brick and mor traditional brick and mortar operations, huh. you know, they're playing, they're playing 3d chess. Okay. Um, they know how to make one thing to marvel about Amazon. They know how to make use of resources. They know how to make use of, of, of the resources in the marketplace in, in such a way that it keeps their competitive edge because I mean, we're talking about, you know, their, their brand principles and, and, and whatnot, but Amazon has become the first place you go. If you're looking for anything, mm -hmm. Well, and if you even go how, to Best how, Buy now, how, Best Buy now matches prices on Amazon. Not a lot of people know that, but if you bring in an Amazon thing, mm -hmm. Best Buy will match it to, you know, because again, they have that overhead of the brick and mortar what you were just right. talking about. And yeah, but but even to even just to price compare, I mean, and it doesn't matter. I mean, the first place I go, well, first of all, the first part of the revolution was the computer, and the it became the first place first place you needed to go as a resource to find out about how to find anything, fix anything, buy anything, research anything, it was your universal research tool. Now, Amazon is, whether it's a part for my car, whether it's a piece of furniture, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a video game, mm -hmm. you name it, it's the first place I go to look. Yep. Um, and for any vendor of any sort to have that kind of top of mind reaction from the marketplace, you can't it, it's almost it, you're almost it's almost unfair the advantage you have over competitors. but you know what amazon has not figured out is the logistics on large items you notice a lot of people don't go to amazon for large items because right that's where large local still does well mm -hmm. like refrigerators you're not going to amazon for a samsung refrigerator you're not going to them for your china hutch no, you're not going to anybody for a China Hutch. You go to <laughs> We're inundated. Um, but those are the type of things. Amazon never, because again, they build in the logistics into their price point. You know what I mean? So they are saying, right. hey, you know what? This is a fixed cost. We know that this is going to cost this much based on our negotiated rate. 
And if you look at their selling tool, they've got that. If you try selling a large item on Amazon, it's almost cost prohibitive. And I've yet to see in a company, including Amazon, figure out the logistics of large items. Right. Well, and the other side of that too, I mean, maybe this is just a personal thing, but if I go to buy, if I need a refrigerator, washing machine, you know, an, an appliance like that, I mean, a lawnmower even, maybe, yep. I'm the kind of guy, I need to go touch it, look at it, examine it physically. Yeah. I, I, I need to really dissect it physically before I, I make that purchase decision. So that may be those kind of items that maybe that's part of the hurdle. Maybe that's, I mean, along with the logistical element of it. Well, and I think there's, um, I mean, the dollar amount of what you're buying and, and you know, how much it's going to cost kind of dictates how you shop, of course. Uh, yep. You're not going to buy online well, I mean, something it, that costs, you know, $2,000 or $1,500 most of the time. I mean, what's maybe. the largest size item you guys have bought off Amazon? That's a good question. I mean, electronics uh, would be, the, but it's still, you know, it's like, it's also the size of the item. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Probably, I mean, I ordered a, a PS4 off of there, and that's probably close to the most expensive, you know, single purchase I've made. But you also know what, but you, but know, I, but you know what right, you're getting. Exactly yeah. what I was getting. There's no. Yeah. Uh, I had a, uh, I had to buy a 30 foot pool cover, you know, on the vinyl ones for winter. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That's right. about the biggest. I, you know, maybe it's probably also the heaviest thing as well. Uh, I am. Um, See, I got an elliptical, and that was, and I was shocked that was under the free. But then all of a sudden, I looked at it; its price was much higher than if I had gone to a local mm -hmm. place like a Play It Again, um, because they were building in the shipping cost. So Prime is not always free; it's just the negotiation. Oh, a lot of Amazon right. products are. That's a big complaint. I mean, they've got some. Now that they've gotten so big and so prominent and, and they're making moves probably to get more profitable, you know, they've got the user mm -hmm. base now. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a good segment of the market that is specifically not shopping on Amazon due to the way that they've, you know, kind of treated affiliates and sellers. You know, they just recently cut commissions hugely of their, uh, their affiliates. Well, maybe that's why their logo is a giant penis. Big <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, they're just like, hey, look at this. Here it is again. Take a look at it. That's my logo. <laughs> my logo's a penis. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I'm just knocking you guys oh, off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast right there. We're going to probably end on that note. Uh, <laughs> end on that yeah. note. Thanks, Nerds. Yeah, Amazon's at uh, <laughs> occupies for now the number one spot at 220 billion in comparison to others, and uh, you know we've pretty much covered, I think, uh, our opinions of their logo and many other products they have. Uh, they they do, uh, and we I think we can all agree too that it's a little confusing when they like what else do they make, you know? And I'm sure they make stuff. I know that most of these companies that have that kind of money, like them and Google and even Walmart are investing in machine learning, robotics, and mm. all kinds of stuff that us day-to-day -day folks probably don't realize. I mean, you know, Dave, you're trying to not make your Amazon, whatever it's called, mad in the background. Uh, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, she just, oh, she just oh, winked yeah. at you for that. That's <laughs> the first one that's winked you talking about in it. like a year, so that's cool. <laughs> um, I'm so sad. <laughs> I mean, no, fair, wah, wah, I wah. Woman wink it. <laughs> I mean, that's probably you a valid lived, point. Let me tell you. You're like, you got something in your eye? <laughs> Who the hell winks anymore? Anyway, that don't happen to movies. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks, Dave, for coming on the show today. I want to. Yeah, well, if it, yeah, yeah I definitely uh, hope that you can be a repeat guest. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, who've been sharing and listening to the podcast. We see you. We recognize you. And before Mitch's printer kicks on, I'm going to go ahead and start closing out the show and thank everybody again for listening. Thank everybody for participating. Check out Amazon. Check out our last podcast about Google and go to our website at nerdbrandagency.com and you can listen to the latest podcast episode at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, though I don't know how much longer because of Dave, but we'll see. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Google, and all the other places. And it was a blast having you on, man. We appreciate it. And I want to say to everybody out there, remember, keep your nerd brand strong. <laughs>